On today's episode of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to be joined by our guy, Aaron Wilson of Sports Talk 790, to discuss the Houston Texans two-game win streak and the emergence of Davis Mills. But first... Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Texas podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am John, some sports guy Hickman, of course. I'm joined by Cody Davis, none other than Cody Davis and you know, we're going to dive into the conversation of how this team has been progressing over the last couple of weeks with Aaron Wilson, uh, as Cody has alluded to. And, of course, a deep dive into the preparation going into taking on the uh, San Francisco 49ers, who will be starting their rookie quarterback in Trey Lance. But, Cody, first, how difficult has it been covering this team over the past few weeks in the midst of COVID, the restrictions, the players out, and then now – I'm assuming that it's been very difficult for you guys, the journalists, to kind of get in your bag and be as close as you may want to be due to the uh, COVID kind of coming back in the season. Now, it never went anywhere, but, you know, it's, it's, it's going back on this tour. So how, how has that been as of late? It's, it's not a problem to me. You know me, John. Mama mentality all the way. It doesn't matter what the world – throws at me. I'm going to make sure I do everything possible to give the listeners, the viewers, and my readers over at the Texans Wire the best content that I can provide to make sure that everybody stay up to date with their favorite football team, which is the Houston Texans. So, you know, the, the worst part about this is you, we are unable to do our, you know, quick one-on-ones, just chopping it up with some of the players when we see them walking by or whatever the case might be. But, Mamba mentality, man. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta go with the hand that you've been dealt and keep moving forward. <laughs> the show goes on, right? The show goes on, and for the 49ers, the show will go on. They are currently sitting at the sixth seed in the NFC. They really are in a position where they have to win out. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at them going into Sunday's matchup against the Texans with Trey Lance, who hasn't you know, started a thrown a pass since week five. He will be coming off, trying to shake off a lot of rust. And I wanted to look at that for Houston and discuss it briefly, just how will they get prepared for this rookie quarterback on a team who's very hungry, on a very desperate team. And I look at the Houston Texans. As of late, we've seen them mix things up defensively, different fronts, different, different formations, and they're just getting out of being so vanilla as they were at the beginning of the year. And I think that's exactly what they need to continue to do. Throw everything and the kitchen sink at Trey Lance, who is, I think is, he's a very good runner with the football. He hasn't proven anything to me as a passer. And that's, that may be due to not being able to have the time to play, but I haven't seen anything that warrants me to say, we need to respect him as a passer in the NFL just as of yet. And I look at this team with, whoever they may put out there, hopefully we get some guys back off the COVID list this upcoming Sunday. But Lovey Smith has coached his team up tremendously. And I don't see this game being 
a game where it stops. I don't see this game being the game where they stop throwing different looks out or they stop mixing it up off, I mean, defensively. There's no reason for that. You have a rookie quarterback that you can really do some things against, number one of which is creating turnovers, and I think that will be a point of emphasis on Sunday. Yeah, look, I look at Trey Lance, and I think, one, it's another opportunity for Davis Mills to outshine another rookie quarterback. He already I mean, how many outplayed. Rookies has he played this year? Two. He he played two, you know. Of course, Zach Wilson was out, two right? weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, well, no, Zach Wilson wasn't out, but Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback for the Houston Texans during that time. But as we know, he had an opportunity to beat um, Trevor Lawrence, what was it, two weeks ago. And Trevor Lawrence only threw one more passing yard than him. I believe Trevor Lawrence finished somewhere like 332 and Davis Mills was like at 331 during that game. And of course, even though it came in a loss, Davis Mills still had a better performance during the week five loss against the New England Patriots, which I still consider to be his best game. But you're still looking at another opportunity for Davis Mills to go out there and showcase that look. My name should have been a part of the hype surrounding the quarterbacks coming out of, of the class of 2021. And it's very funny and interesting because the week leading, leading up to the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, we actually had an opportunity to ask Davis Mills, you know, this is your second time going up against your rookie counterpart. You know, do, do you take those games a little bit personal? And Davis Mills, he's so laid. He's he's so laid back. He's so nonchalant. He no, nah, not really. But his actions on the field speaks a little bit different, and I love that. So we're gonna have a, another opportunity for him to kind of outshine his rookie counterpart. However, John, you know, to the point that you just finished talking about. I think Lovey Smith is just going to do the same thing that he did against Mac Jones. And of course, the two times that he played against Trevor Lawrence, more so the last time where you just throw different packages at the rookie quarterback. Now, what I would say is, and this is also something that you just finished talking about. I think it might be a little bit more challenging to prepare for Trey Lance only because he is more so of a runner and he is not your, typical pocket passer quarterback and right he will be able to use his legs to escape the pocket and because there's so little film i think the only film that that the texans have to prepare for lance is i don't know what week that was that might have been week five when the 49 just lost lost to the arizona cardinals i believe that was the game that he started um he threw for almost 200 yards but he also rushed for 90 in that game and you know, that that's a small sample size, and I think that is going to be the issue here for the Houston Texans. How do you prepare for a rookie quarterback who doesn't have that much film to prepare for? Yeah, and uh, that was a difficulty for the Chiefs. No, sorry, not the Chiefs, the Chargers. Remember, they were mm-hmm. talking about how it was kind of difficult to get prepared for the Texans because they had a lot of new guys in because of the, the mm-hmm. starters or rotational guys were out. I would like to say that Lovey Smith has sacked rookie quarterbacks eight times this year and created uh, three turnovers. And so that's a, a plus that I'd be looking for Houston to continue with that trend on Sunday. It's the New Year's, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bill Bar in your plan. Bill Bar tastes like a candy bar, but it's a protein bar. Bill Bar makes it easier for you to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to continue to eat it. Bill Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Most Bill Bars contain 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams net carbs. 
14 grams of protein. Comparing that to a candy bar, which is around usually 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen of net carbs. You do not want that much sugar. I can guarantee you that. So go to build.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at build.com. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with this latest installment of Locked On Texans. You see our guy, Mr. Aaron Wilson, one of the best, not, not just Houston Texans, but NFL beat reporters around from Sports Talk 790. Aaron, what's going on, my man? Hey, guys. I didn't get the memo about the hats. I didn't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a lot of hats, but I, I think I can find someone somewhere. But uh, yeah, next time. Is that a Santa awesome, hat right awesome. there? Is that a? Yeah, I can wear the Santa hat if you guys. Hey, we still on the holidays, man. You can put it on if you like. Yeah, I, would, I would say uh, our uh, our gift is your presence on the show. That, All right, <laughs> Santa. Right, yes, right, sir. Right. Put this uh, puff out of the way. There we go. All right. Awesome, awesome. So, Aaron, the Houston Texans are. I didn't play this. Uh, <laughs> this happened. Awesome, Aaron. So as you know, the Houston Texans are on their first win streak after beating the Los Angeles Chargers 41 to 29. And Davis Mills over the last three games has thrown for over 700 yards and has looked really good. What has been your evaluation of Davis Mills over the last three games? And do you think it's a possibility that Davis Mills can actually be the Houston Texans starting quarterback beyond the 2022 season? Right. What I think's going on is some of the progression you see where the game starts to slow down and you can see that he's more confident and he's making better decisions. They've also made the offense pretty quarterback friendly for a rookie and he doesn't have a ton of reads or a lot of progressions from play to play. He has a couple of options and then he has to make the right choices. And now he is making the right decisions. So we've always thought he was smart, but to think about where he is now compared to, I think you probably were there the practice in the red zone when he threw the five interceptions. Mm -hmm. I believe Taylor had to miss practice for, I think, personal reasons. It may have been mm -hmm. a funeral or something. So it was just Davis and Driscoll. And to watch him that day, yeah, he didn't seem like he had a lot of potential. He just he looked very raw. And I think they have done a good job of coaching him up. And that's David Cully, Tim Kelly, and Pep Hamilton, everyone that's been involved with him the most. And They've all done a good job of developing Davis Mills. He's also worked very hard. And I think he did learn something from watching. I think they waited a few too many games to go back to him, but mm -hmm. they really needed to see that Tyrod couldn't recapture the sterling play he had at the start of the season, which really seems like an eternity ago. But, yeah, after the hamstring injury and after missing that much time, he never got it back. And they made the right call to go with Davis Mills, especially with the record of the team. But now they're starting to improve that record. They've won two in a row. He just outdueled Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert in consecutive weeks. And I think they have a chance to win their third in a row, especially with Jimmy G out on Sunday against Trey Lance and the 49ers. So we're going to see. But I think they could pull off a third win in a row. And they've already matched the amount of wins they had last year with Bill O'Brien and Romeo Cornell. 0-4 with and Bill. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun is part of it, too. <laughs> so I wanted to ask I you. I think they only won the four because of Deshaun. 
Right, right. That's True. how you know phenomenal he played last season. But I wanted to talk to you about Rex Burkhead. You know, you mentioned that uh, what was that week one, week two that Tyrod went down. This has been a long season, so much so that we, we may forget that Mark Ingram was a leading rusher up until Sunday's matchup, and then Rex Burkhead goes crazy. And I know he blessed a lot of fantasy owners, but how has his? I don't even want to say rejuvenation, but just juvenation, I guess, for this team being uh, just running the football the last two weeks for the Houston Texans. Right. Well, it was surprising, right, to see him do that. And when you think about Rex and, and what he did there, to think that that could happen, I mean, that's extraordinary. Rex is a hard-nosed runner. We've watched him all year. You know, he's he gets the tough yards, but it's not like Rex has been someone that you know, really makes a lot of dynamic plays. <clears throat> and this time he did. And I thought there were bigger holes to run through. That was a giant hole for uh, him on the touchdown run. The first one opened up by Garan Christian Sr. and Cole Toner. Mm-hmm. And Cole Toner, he hasn't played all year. And then he gets out there and he throws some good blocks. So I think it was a combination of hard running, some good blocking. And the Chargers came out very flat. And I thought – I think we saw that Kenneth Murray can't set the edge and Drew Tranquil played pretty soft and then he got hurt. I was really, when I look at the Chargers, they did not come ready to play. I think Brandon Staley didn't do a good job of getting his team ready. And those guys didn't bring, you know, their game face and the Texans were ready to play. And Rex Burkhead, that's the thing about him. He's going to run hard regardless of the situation, the record and, you know, what these circumstances are. And that's why he's nominated for FedEx Ground Player of the Week. And Davis Mills, not surprisingly, up for Rookie of the Week. So, yeah, I think, you know, you think about what Rex did and how long it took for him to overtake Mark Ingram's 294 yards as the leading rusher for the Texans. And Mark was traded several weeks ago to the Saints. And it's remarkable it took this long. It's a testament to how bad the running game's been. And now that they've you know, had this one good game, the 189 yards. They've got to sustain it. they got to keep running the ball well. We're going to find out on Sunday if they can. Aaron, last question before moving on. I do want to get your thoughts about the future of David Culley. Now, on yesterday, me and John had an interesting discussion about what should be the criteria of bringing David Culley back. And, you know, I say, you know, it depends on the goal for the Texans in 2022. They think they can actually, let's say, make a make a push for that final wild card spot. Then, then you know, you, you might have to move on from him. But if 2022 is another year for development, then you keep him around. And, John, what I forgot to add in that as well, I think we can all agree that David Culley has – done a better job coaching after the bye week as well so Aaron from from what you have been able to analyze throughout the Texans 2021 season and now the Texans sitting at 4 and 11 they actually have an opportunity to get another victory under their belt a victory you know you're looking at a record that nobody saw coming at the beginning of the year what do you think is going to be the future of David Cully? I think you keep David Cully. I don't see any point in dismissing David Cully when he's been a part of the solution, not part of the problem. Yes, his game management was not up to snuff in several games, including one game that I feel like they really should have won, if not for coaching errors, and that was the New England game. And, you know, I also feel like the offense faded, and that was the play calling got too conservative. Tim Kelly's play calling with a lead 
wasn't very good as well. But yeah, when I think about David Cully, they play hard for him. He checks a lot of boxes. He's maintained a positive image. He has been good for their brand in the sense of, you know, a collegial atmosphere has been set. He's also imposed discipline when he's had to. And a lot of these things, people don't realize this. When they had problems with Zach Cunningham, they had these problems with him under the Bill O'Brien. It just didn't get out there. And we would always hear about things with Zach being late. But if he wasn't being disciplined, I wouldn't report it because how am I going to report that a guy's late if they don't punish him? They're not punishing him and they don't consider enough of an issue to do anything about it. Then it sort of becomes a a newsworthy item. And all you're really doing, you know, you're just kind of being a know-it-all. So, yeah, we've known about this for years about Zach. But this time they put their foot down and they actually did something about it. And they fired him. He's playing well for the Titans. But that's a different story. But my point being, if you don't have plan B set, someone that wants to come here, someone that's a clear upgrade, then what's the point of firing your hand-chosen coach? Also, if you're Nick Casario and you recommend to Cal McNair that that's the way to go, you're only hastening potentially your own departure because if you don't get coach number two right, do you even get to get, you know, recommend hiring coach number three? How many coaches would he get to hire? I was talking with a very prominent coaching industry um, veteran today, someone very experienced with a lot of ties to the Texans, and he made the same point. He said, it really makes no sense. And David Cully is a great guy. Why fire him? It's not his fault that the roster wasn't more competitive. They did the best they could. They were you know, a teardown. And if you're going with a rebuild, why can't you continue to build? And why can't you also be open to this thought? If he's never been a head coach or a coordinator before, who's to say that he can't keep improving, that he hasn't grown some this year as a coach? So if you look at the team and the way they're performing, then doesn't he deserve some of the credit too, that he's part of the improvement? I mean, if he's if he's responsible for the losses, isn't he also responsible for the wins? I think it's unfair to go one and done with David Cully, and I don't think that they will do that. It would be surprising to me if they were to fire David Cully. I also think they would catch a lot of heat because if he wasn't set up to succeed – how can you blame him for the failure? So, yeah, I would say if I'm Cal McNair, I would come back with David Cully and see how next year goes before making a decision on him. That doesn't say, you know, that he's going to get year three. I mean, nothing's promised, but I think he should get year two. And I'm, you know, hearing from several sources that year two is pretty much a likelihood at this point. It will be a surprise to see them change course. But, you know, have they ever made an exploratory call? Have the Texans thought about things? Have they looked into it? Do they have all the options available that they know about? Well, sure. You always do your homework. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, is free and available on all platforms. I did want to uh, open up with the possibility of Pep Hamilton returning next year, but in a bigger role, possibly for the OC, because I don't believe that you bring Tim Kelly back. I don't, you know, I didn't necessarily believe he should have came back this year, but does Pep Hamilton 
expands his role with Houston next year? Interesting question. Yeah, with Tim, Tim was retained primarily because of Deshaun Watson, and then Deshaun wasn't a part of the equation. But Tim has been the play caller. Tim, you know, also Pep has some play calling experience, but primarily he's been someone that works with quarterbacks. He has a good rapport with Davis Mills. I haven't heard any momentum toward a dismissal of Tim. Do I see some scenarios unfolding where maybe if someone else asks permission to interview Tim, would they grant it? I could see that happening. And if it did happen, I would think Pep would be promoted to offensive coordinator. But it's not as if Pep's never had an opportunity. I mean, he was with Andrew Luck. He's had chances before. And, you know, I haven't heard about anyone clamoring for him to be promoted. I think this is more him lately. You're hearing a lot of, with, you know, some fans and media, but you're not really hearing that in the industry that a change is imminent. Mm. Aaron, before we move on to talk about Sunday's game, I do want to ask you a couple questions about some players. Um, you know, Nick Casario came in and basically did a solid job in putting a lot of players on one-year contracts. And in the next couple of months, we'll have an opportunity to see which one of those players will have an opportunity to sustain their career here with the Houston Texans. But, you know, when you take a look at the bevy of players that Nick Casario signed to one-year contracts, who are some of the players you think have the best opportunity to actually come back and still rep the Houston Texans in 2022? Malik Collins, Kamu Gruger-Hill, Demarcus mm -hmm. Walker, uh, A.J. Moore are some of the guys that I think deserve new deals and could be, you know, in the cards for, for, uh, you know, extensions. When I think about, you know, some of the other positions, you know, they've already done some of the extensions like Tremont Smith, that's proven mm -hmm. to be money well spent. And that wasn't that expensive. Jonathan Owens is under contract through 2022. So is Philip Dorsett. So they're looking at a lot of guys that Rondell Carter is under contract for 2022, another nude player uh, defensive end that they've added. So you think about what they're doing and they're stocking up their 90 man roster. And none of those guys are, I would say guaranteed of being on the team. The last couple I mentioned, you know, Philip Dorsett has 300,000 guaranteed. I think he'll be on the team. I look at some other spots and, you know, I could see them having a lot of change with the offensive line with tight end. Mm -hmm. I think that those are going to be areas where they'll probably be looking at some other people from outside that aren't on this roster right now. And I think they'll have some change in the secondary. Again, I think Justin Reed leaves in free agency. I believe that Desmond King could be one and done with these guys. And, you know, who are the mainstays? The Tavier Thomases. I think Lonnie Johnson will be back. He's already under contract. I think a lot of the guys that are under contract are going to be at training camp. I don't think you're going to see a lot of guys where they are cut. You know, Eric Murray is a candidate for it. Uh, unless he restructures, there are going to be a lot of changes. It's going to be similar, I believe, to last year's numbers in terms of turnover. But the, the guys mm -hmm. I mentioned at the top are a couple of the candidates. If they can reach some kind of financial accord, I think Christian Kirksey is another candidate, depending on what happens with the Common Gruger Hill negotiation, which will not be inexpensive compared to this year's deal. Malik Collins might be their most expensive free agent of their own that they do retain or attempt to retain. And, you know, when I think about the running back position, to me, you really have to start fresh. You know, Scotty Phillips <laughs> is under contract for next year, but I think there are going to be a lot of other guys that are out of here. And if you come back 
I mean, that would really be a mistake. If you want to think about any personnel, Nick Casero's made a lot of good decisions. This backfield that he put together was not a good group. Uh, Mark Ingram, you know, he traded the best back that they had. But you know, they did that at, for Mark's request to accommodate him and his wishes to play for the Saints. But, yeah, you know, you think about wide receiver. You know, that's probably got to change too. And mm-hmm. I think obviously I'm back. Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, and you know Philip Dorsett, and a few other players. But I think you'll see some changes there again. And you know Chris Conley probably hasn't done enough to get another contract. So yeah, you'll see some some differences. And you're going to need a veteran quarterback unless Tyrod Taylor wants to come back and be the backup. But if I'm Tyrod, I would want to move on. You know, after being benched and replaced, uh, I guess they can have that conversation. But to me, it would be a bit awkward to come back as the backup after being demoted as the starter. So then you're thinking about someone else. If you want to bring yeah. someone else in to compete with Davis Mills, you can. I don't know if he should be unchallenged as the quarterback. You know, we'll see. He's got two more games to make his case. Hmm. Speaking of those two more games, they have a game this Sunday that you think they have a really good chance to win, and that's the game against the San Francisco 49ers, a team that sits at 8-7 and seven right now, and they are in a hunt for the playoffs, and the Houston Texans can play spoilers once again. So when you take a look at the San Francisco 49ers team, what are some of the things you think the Texans can actually exploit in hopes of picking up their fifth? victory of the season and john know why i'm doing that <laughs> by the way i don't know if you guys remember this i predicted that they could win five games before training camp began i said you that in the yeah that makes two of us i actually have a steak dinner bet uh with someone uh a prominent member of our community and mm-hmm. let's see what happens i can't say his name on on the zoom but <laughs> yeah, i think it'll be interesting to see if they win that five. Then I'll, I'll have to remind him about the gentleman's bet that we made. But How do you, yeah, how do you eat your steaks? That's a question. How do you eat them? What's that? How do you eat your steaks? Oh, uh, I like a steak medium rare. Okay. As long as you didn't say well done. No. I, I, like, I love a well bet. done. I love that, well done. Well, well, well done. done. That's like a ketchup. A waste of steak. Yeah, that's that's not, a waste of steak. Yeah, that's I don't not like good. no kind of pink in my steak. Just no, well that's done. That's not gourmet. Well, we do, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> I, if, if I don't have to eat that, I don't care what you do with it. That's the one thing I don't understand. People that <laughs> complain about what other people do with food. If, if, it's, if it's not me being forced to eat it, I, I really just couldn't, couldn't care less. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm off topic. Uh, you were asking me how they attack the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Well, Trey Lance, I think they would go after Trey. I think they'll try to bring pressure and see if he can handle it. Obviously, he's an athletic quarterback. You'll have to set the edge and get outside containment. And, you know, they're a team that you're going to have to block Bosa. You also have to block Charles Lomena, who we've seen Charles make a couple of plays, uh, former Texans defensive end. He's flashed a couple of times. I'm sure he'll be fired up and motivated to do well against his former team, the team that traded him to the 49ers and didn't think he was an ideal fit for their 4-3. They want – you know, smaller, faster ends. And so we'll see what Chuck has got against the Texans. But, yeah, I think those are some interesting ones that bear watching. They have a great linebacker and Fred Warner. We'll see if Fred's healthy enough to go. But, yeah, to me, they they will be a difficult matchup. But without Jimmy G, 
in the equation. Of course, there's George Kittle. How are you going to stop a tight end like that? I mean, these are some of the things that kind of jump out that they'll have to do. And Debo Samuel after the catch, he's outstanding. I mean, it's not a game I'm saying they'll definitely win, but I think it's a game that they can win. I think when you're playing a rookie quarterback, they should have a little bit of an edge there. Rookie quarterback that hasn't played as much or played as well as Davis Mills. Everybody, that was John. I'm sorry, that was Aaron Wilson of Sports Talk 790. Aaron, before we get out of here for today's show, let everybody know where they can find you and your amazing work on social media. I'm on Twitter at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL and Instagram, Aaron Wilson 7128. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And make sure you follow us at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook and subscribe on YouTube. Of course, follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Cody? Your top, you can go ahead and tell them. <laughs> you can follow me at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are locked on Texans. Your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.